Hey there, I'm Renee, a former hot mess shopping addict turned minimalist mindset guru. In three years, I went from totally broke to debt-free minimalist, started a money-generating blog, and healed my marriage while being a homeschooling, stay-at-home mom. And I did most of this with nothing more than a library card and a prayer. Looking back, there is one thing I wish I had had a friend to share the journey with me who actually understood what I was going through. This is my hope for the Unstuffed podcast, to be a place where you can shake off the need to people please and where we can both show up as our authentic selves, even if we're still in yesterday's sweatpants. Think of this as a standing coffee date with an old friend whose only job is to hear you out, hype you up, remind you that you are already enough and doesn't mind if you spike your coffee. As always, let's keep this simple. Life is hard enough. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there, it's me, Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. Today, I really wanted to just dive right in to a brand new topic that I realized I'm in fact an expert on, and that is how to talk to anybody. So here are my five no BS tips on how to talk to anyone. The real truth. So this isn't like some fluff post, okay? My husband and I were recently chatting and he was telling me about how he had been describing me to his new coworkers. One man said his girlfriend was pretty shy and Tom replied with, my wife can talk to anyone for an hour, whether they are five or 90. And I lit up hearing him say that, even though he didn't think much of it. In a single moment, I became aware of this amazing talent that I never really realized that I possessed. Um, I, I really can sit and talk to just about anyone for an hour, and I can love every single minute of it. So when I shared this story on TikTok, I had a lot of people asking me how it was so easy for me. Uh, and I've had some time to mull it over a bit, and I put together my five best tips. Like I said, heads up. This isn't some BS fluff post. This is hardcore truth, okay? But I think you guys would expect nothing less from me at this point. So have you ever stopped to realize just how many people aren't walking around caring about one another? I mean, like this is something that motivational speakers spout off all the time. Like it's a positive thing. People aren't thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. You know, don't worry what people are thinking about you. And I've always kind of had a beef with that quote, to be honest, because the truth is people care a lot about other people. Like a lot. You know, who'd you vote for? Did you see what she was wearing on the beach? Or, oh my God, did you hear what he did? No matter where you go, there is no shortage of people gossiping and filling their precious time on earth talking about other people. And honestly, it's not really nice stuff. Most people are definitely talking about you. I shouldn't say most people, but people are definitely talking about you. Just like mm, you talk about other people. So why do the motivational gurus spout this stuff off? Because even though so many people will go about their days talking about other people behind their backs, the truth is that it is all usually coming from a self-serving agenda. So, you know, we want to know who people voted for because we want to see if they think like we do. Maybe then, um, you know, we could go into like a panic. 
that you voted for the wrong person. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they voted for them. Should I have voted for them? Maybe I made a mistake. Or we use it as an excuse to determine that um, this person is somehow has worse moral standpoints than us and is no one we can converse with. If they voted for somebody different than, than me, they must be a loser, right? <laughs> we just look for these reasons um, to either nitpick ourselves or the other person. If you want to point out what she's wearing on the beach, maybe it's because, uh, well, it's not something you would wear. And can we all just take a minute to agree, like, who actually cares what other people are wearing to the beach? When you are triggered or annoyed by something someone else is wearing, that's still all about you. And that's a sign of something that you can dive into. Figure out what emotion is being hit. That's on you, not the other person. Maybe you want to talk about what this person did, right? Let's whisper behind their backs. Well, I don't know. Like, why Why do we? Why do we want to do that? Do you feel superior um, if what you feel another person did is somehow beneath you? Are you just hiding from your own life? I think it would have to be that one for me. I think it would have to be the hiding from my own life. So what do I mean? Because we're being honest here, right? I'm not going to say this like it's all you, you, because I know that's how it's coming off. I'm not going to act like I have never once talked about someone else behind their back. In fact, I have spent an obscene amount of time on earth caring far too much about what other people were doing and talking about and how they were conducting their lives. Most likely, the reason behind it is because it was much easier to talk about other people's perceived shortcomings than it was to look myself in the mirror and, and admit all the stuff that I wasn't taking action on in my own life. Other people's movement tends to make us hyper-aware of our stagnation. And in an attempt to justify our lack of action, we simply talk shit about others. So, I guess what I'm saying is that, yeah, at the end of the day, we are all pretty concerned with protecting ourselves and our ego. Here's two things to know about me, though. Number one, I have not always been good at talking to people. And number two, I have been actively fighting my ego for close to a decade. And I want to share with you what it has taught me about speaking to other people. So think back. How many times have you gone to a party and tried talking to someone only to have your head fill with those thoughts like, oh my God, I hope my breath doesn't smell bad. Oh, I have no idea what to say. I'm so awkward. This is so weird, right? This used to happen to me all the time. And if you're anything like I once was, you sat there being so damn nervous about how you were being perceived by the other person that you barely heard a word that they were saying. I remember reading in Amy Cuddy's book, Presence. In the book, she mentions, without realizing it, that anxiety can make us extremely self-centered people. Now, I, I know that no one wants to be self-centered, and anxiety is a really tough gig to kick. However, when I read her words, she kind of made me realize just how true this is. Whenever I have found myself lost in a thought spiral, I am instantly transported out of the moment and my consciousness is so lost in my mind, concerned with whatever new thing I have found to concern myself with. So what am I getting at? The first step to learning to talk to anyone is to have a genuine desire to get to know them. But this requires that we unwillingly or that we willingly unoccupy our own mind for the time being. It means we release our own inner fears about not being good enough, 
long enough to experience another person and who they are and not judge them while we do. The next thing I have is learning to release our story. You know, we all grew up learning how the world should be, what is right or wrong to believe. And, you know, a lot of times we never stop to question the fact that we learned all of these things um, from simply regurgitated information that came down to us through our bloodline um, and our life experience. So, spoiler alert, no one in the history of the world actually knew what the hell they were doing. They just made shit up as they went along and then handed down that made up stuff to their ancestors and eventually it trickled down to you and me, right? The late Bob Proctor referred to this as our paradigms. Um, And actually good old Bob didn't coin that term, but he is the one that I learned it from. So I'm going to go ahead and give him the credit. Our paradigm is a grouped set of rules and beliefs that we have that we've deemed to be true about the world around us. So these rules might be things like the earth is round. And keep in mind, years ago, someone would have died fighting to prove that the earth was flat, right? They knew that to be true. And now we know the earth to be round. Um, You know, maybe you know, or you believe I have a good chance of developing heart disease since it runs in my family. Or you, maybe you believe marriage should be between a man and a woman. P.S. These are not my beliefs. Let's just be clear, okay? I'm just using this as a demonstration about how we have these different beliefs. These paradigms of ours can seem genuinely harmless or be causing us to carry around some serious biases toward other people. No matter what the case, they are most definitely dictating our story. And when we insist on holding on to our story, we instantly close ourselves off to the stories of others. So like imagine a book remaining closed for the entirety of its, of its existence. It's true. Like if the book stays shut, no one can tamper with the words that are written within the book. No one can challenge it. However, the book will ultimately have been a waste. It will have never been seen. It will never have been read or appreciated by anybody. So what if we all just agreed to release our stories, to open our book, to share them with the world while also remaining open to the fact that somewhere along the way, someone might alter our story. And let me tell you, my story has been altered. I had to face major story altering back in 2014 when I first started reading spiritual self-help books. I was forced to go head to head with the story that I had grown up believing about the world around me. Uh, The quote that comes to mind is have a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing. This was a quote that I kept hearing from Wayne Dyer, um, but Google says it's from someone named Tilopa. So I'm guessing Wayne was quoting them. Anyway, when we release our story and our desire to become hardened in our ideals, We open ourselves up to experiencing new stories without judgment or fear. Doing this is key to truly allowing ourselves to not only hear the words of another person, but to truly listen to what they say, which brings me to my next point. Hey there, it's me, Renee. I hate to interrupt your regularly scheduled programming, but I had to pop in and let you know that I have a brand new masterclass that's going on. This is the Do Less, Live More Masterclass. 
This is three days, three emails sent directly to your inbox where I will walk you through everything that it takes to do less in your life and actually help accelerate you faster toward where you wanna go. This is everything that our family and myself have applied to our lives that helped us pay off debt, save our marriage, simplify everything, and travel more. So if you love the idea of simplifying your entire life while also getting more of all of the stuff that you really want, go sign up for the masterclass. You can register for free in the show notes. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. I remember when I was a kid, somebody, probably a lot of people, told me I wasn't a good listener, that I interrupted all the time. And the truth is, I just so badly wanted to be heard. My brain was, and still is, a constant chatterbox filled with thoughts and ideas. Now, now I get them out in the form of blog posts and podcasts where nobody can interrupt me. How perfect for me. But when I was a kid, I remember the strenuous effort I put into not even listening to people, but just holding back my own thoughts. No matter who was talking to me, I would sit there with my eyes fixed on them, all while repeating in my head the thing that I really wanted to make sure I didn't forget, that I wanted to be heard. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. And sometimes I would slip up and actually start listening to the other person. And then I would forget the thing that I so badly wanted to say. Other times, the far worse times, were when we were in a group and the conversation would move on so quickly that if I were to say the thing that I had wanted to say in my head, I would just sound stupid now. Do you know what I mean? When the conversation has gone beyond you and now if you were to bring it up, people would just stop and you'd hear crickets. Like They'd be like, the conversation's moved on. I hated that. (laughs) And I never understood how someone else managed to get their opinion in or their thought or their story. And I didn't get mine in, but it was usually because I was so busy being stuck in my own head and not even just allowing myself to flow in the natural conversation. So both of those scenarios, while extremely trying for me, they slowly conveyed the message to me that I will not in fact die if I don't get to say every single thing that comes to my mind. Eventually, this led me to having a thought in my mind and then whispering to myself in my head, if you remember, that's okay. If you forget, that's okay. And then I would proceed to listen to whoever currently had the floor. So just that knowledge that when those conversations moved on or when I would forget a thought, I had to recognize like, oh, I'm still standing. That didn't end the world. I guess it's okay. If I can't remember everything, if this doesn't get said, it's going to turn out okay. This practice really became perfected after I became a mom. Hands up if you're a parent and all day long you have the agenda of every other family member running through your head all day. Meanwhile, you're still trying to manage yourself and hear your own thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, I thought so. Me too. Some days, especially running my own business from home, I always had some pre-planned self-agenda in my head that one of my kids would inevitably interrupt. I would nod along with their story, like tuning them out completely while trying to stay on my own task. Of course, life dealt me the lesson, as it always does, that being treated this way is really shitty. 
After having the same experience happen to me several times, I realized not giving someone the respect of truly listening to them is extremely hurtful and can so easily make another fellow human being feel like their words aren't valuable. I do not want to make people feel this way, especially my children. So a few years ago, I made the intentional decision to pause and listen to my kids. No matter how busy my brain felt, sometimes I don't. Let's say that. Sometimes I say, like, honey, I'm sorry, I can't listen right now. My brain is too busy. This is a phrase my kids know really well. My brain is too busy right now. After I finish my task or get through whatever I'm trying to do, I come back and I'll ask, okay, what did you want to tell me? Because I truly want to listen. And that's easy. You might be thinking, well, that's easy for you to say about your kids. Yeah, I'll listen to my kids. But I think it's so important, again, this is moving on, to see the humanity in everyone. One of the greatest lessons that I have learned is that we are all one. We are all connected in a ton of crazily twisted ways. And it's so silly to think of ourselves as separate from one another. Here we are together sharing this human experience and yet not wanting to see one another's humanity. The trees in the woods have been proven to have their own form of communication, right? When one tree falls, the rest don't gradually like shift their roots away from their fallen brother, right? Yet we're willing to bash the hell out of someone because they like a different toilet paper than we do. I, that's, that's a pretty ridiculous example, but I also would be willing to bet that it's happened more than once because that's where we're at seemingly in this world, right? At the core of everyone, we want four things. Four things. I talk about this all the time. Love and connection. Notoriety and a feeling of importance. Change and new experiences. And, con and consistency and stability. These are four things that all of us want these are human traits. Like the Bible says, the greatest of these is love. The top thing that most of us are seeking is love and connection. However, I can't help but feel like when we so badly want love for ourselves, we sort of go out looking for ways to siphon love, to make sure that we get our fair share. And in doing so, we give none away to our fellow man. We go around talking about those who we believe are ruining our world, those who are doing harm and causing pain, especially in this day and age. And I know in our current world, surrounded by the news reports, it can feel really freaking hard to ignore. But how many small moments of love and compassion right in our own backyard are we missing while directing our attention on all of the shortcomings of people we have never even met? We may not be causing the hurt ourselves, but we sure aren't adding to the solution either. <sighs> I think it is so important that we embrace humanity in others and mostly embrace it in ourselves. You fucked up in life, right? Sorry. Me too. Me too. Countless ways. The thing is, I have chosen not to focus on my screw-ups anymore. I used to think that it would serve me somehow, that if I had for, that if I forgave myself, I would somehow be letting myself off the hook or saying my wrongdoings were okay. 
The truth is that mistakes are part of that humanity, that shared humanity, that stubborn side of me that pushes my husband's hand out of the way when he tries to intervene with my cooking or I swat at him. That's part of my humanity. Sure, I'm working on it, but I don't need to shame myself for it every second of the day. Chances are I would be a lot less likely to be able to improve myself at all if all I ever did was discuss my shortcomings. Embracing the dark parts of you and allowing them to intermingle with the light parts. By the way, those light parts, it's okay to be proud of them. You are pretty amazing. It's not vanity to love yourself. To love a work of art is to also show love and appreciation for the creator of that art. Imagine how you feel when you listen to your favorite song. You honor the writer and singer of that song whenever you listen to it. And just the same, no matter what your religious background or faith, when you look in the mirror and feel a love for your reflection, you are honoring the place from which you came. And we all came from that place. When you can do this, you can begin to do the same thing for everyone else you meet. And talking with them will only feel like an extension of that love. Thank you so much for tuning into the Unstuffed podcast. I'm so glad that you were here. And remember, I love to hear from you guys as well. So please take the time to write a review so that each week I can read one of your reviews live on the air. And if you're not quite ready to be done, don't forget that you can head to reneevenis.com slash links where you can access some of my free trainings and my free guides. You can also gain access to my programs and my trainings, including mini school. Thank you so much for being here. And remember, keep it simple. Life is complicated enough.